Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dotson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Matthew chapter 26. Verse 51 says, Behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ears. His ear. One of those who were with Jesus, quote unquote. Now, <laughs> from other gospels, we know that the one who lost the ear was a man by the name of Malchus and the individual with the sword. Well, that's none other than our Peter. Our I won't deny you, Peter. He had come to learn now concerning his own heart, as well as what it meant to war in the flesh. Peter acted to back up his claim to be willing to die for Jesus without wholly understanding what it meant to really live for him. No doubt still understanding that Jesus was going to set up an earthly kingdom, Peter reacted in an earthly way. Though Perhaps with good intentions, he acted in the flesh instead of in the spirit. Because even with good intentions, when we act in the flesh, we are always doomed to failure. Peter attempted to take matters into his own hands, under his own strength. He didn't wait for instructions from his master. He instead acted out of impulse and moved unilaterally. Like us, Peter had to learn what it meant to actually live by faith. Verse 52 says, Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all those who take the sword will die by the sword. Or do you think that I couldn't ask my father, and he would even now send me more than twelve legions of angels? Now the battle that Jesus was fighting was not to be won by force, not by any extra spiritual method, not with a sword or politics or human effort. Jesus certainly was moving physically, but he was moving in answer to the spiritual. He was moving according to the Father's will, his plan, and the timing of the Father, and he was acting to further government that was uh, dwelling within his followers. Jesus knew that ultimately his plan and his will could never be forced, not with a law and even with a sword. Luke tells us that Jesus healed the ear of Malchus and then turned to remind Peter with a statement that should echo down through the years, even unto the hearts of modern man, that such methods are not his way. He reminds us that if force was the answer, he could call 12,000 angels. Strong's Concordance tells us that such a manner or such a number could measure up to 82,000 thousand angels and we know in scripture that we can read about one angel in the Old Testament who in one night one angel one night killed 185,000 soldiers verse 54 says how then would the scripture be fulfilled that it must be so despite whether Peter or or any man's sense truly understood or agreed with Christ's actions and his methods, and Jesus had a plan, just as surely as he does today. And it's not as if this plan was or is a secret. 
Scripture did and does detail this great plan if we're willing to read it and accept it. Verse 55, In that hour Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out against a robber with swords and clubs to seize me? I sat daily in the temple and you didn't arrest me. But all this has happened that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Jesus points out the foolishness, even the ludicrous actions that were now being brought against him. Swords, clubs, what's the deal? I mean, what am I, a thief? Wasn't I right there out in the open every day with you? Yet you have waited now until the cloak of darkness and the hype of a mob to come and take me. Jesus tells us once again that things are going to play out just as prophesied in scripture. No sword or tank nor king or president will change that plan. Not even today. Many will be unwilling to accept this absolute and will move in the flesh to see their own will executed. And in their failure, the apostles ran away, as many do and will today. Verse 57. Those who had taken Jesus led him away to Caiaphas the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were gathered together. Now the illegal nature of the handling of Jesus herein is well known and profound. The location of the hastily organized trial, the nighttime hour, the Passover timing, all of these things made what was happening be illegal by the accepted laws of the time. This was because ultimately Jesus was not brought in to answer for any legal or judicial issue. And these who went out to arrest him were not seeking justice and righteousness, no. In truth, what we have here is nothing more than your average angry lynch mob. Verse 58, we go on, but Peter followed him from a distance to the court of the high priest and entered in and sat with the officers to see the end. Now here Jesus continues his faithful slide into a spiritual fall. The mistake he makes is a common one. He follows Jesus, but he did so at a distance. This is where we can find most individuals who have already journeyed through their initial departure from Jesus. While such an exit can come through inattentive living or inconsistent walking, it can many times come just via a crisis of faith, a testing or a time of testing or an event of testing of our beliefs and stance in Christ in which we finally flinch. This is Peter's story, but he he is far from alone. Countless individuals have followed him down through the ages. God invariably brings us to the limits of our faith and our comfort and our willingness, where he causes us to choose hot or cold, and he will always force us out of the realm of the lukewarm. Verse 59, Now the chief priests, the elders, and the whole council sought false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death. And they found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But 
at least two false witnesses came forward and said, this man said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. Now, the case against Jesus was weak to say the least. Even convincing liars, I guess, were hard to find. At least they had a mob, right? That's always helpful, if not essential, when you're up to no good. As usual, all the religious rules that they themselves had established went out the window when it served the, their desired end. Failing to find any criminal activity on the part of Jesus, these shady characters resorted to an age-old favorite. Twist the scripture. Concerning verse 61, without taking time to understand now just what Jesus meant when he made that statement, they take it out of context, they turn it against him, and they use it to, in an attempt, rather, to bring him down. Now, Jesus herein was not speaking of a violent insurrection when he spoke of rebuilding the destroyed temple in three days. He spoke, rather, of his crucifixion, his death and resurrection. He was the temple that he spoke of. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.